0: Are you developing IoT solutions? Get ready for tomorrow with Farnell, supporting your design journey from connecting smart sensors to the cloud to implementing AI. Find everything you need at Farnell.com. Enjoy this episode with Farnell, a global distributor of electronic products and solutions. Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Well, hi there. Welcome to uh, this week's. Future Print Podcast, and I'm very pleased to have Heiner Müller from CGS Oris with me. Heiner, good to see you. Good to hear from you. Morning
1: Fraser. Good to hear you.
0: Yes, uh, Heiner, at the moment is enjoying a, a short break in the Bavarian Alps, which sounds lovely.
1: Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's nice to be be a couple of days away from everything. So uh, yeah, just just for a week and go hiking a little bit up and down the mountains. Beautiful. So yeah. Beautiful. And, and the weather the weather is okay? The weather is good today? The weather is okay. You know, it changes every... every if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. That's, that's what people <laughs> say over it'll here.
0: It'll move on. So, CGS Oris, um, I know that you're going to be speaking at uh, the Geneva Summit in a few weeks' time, and you'll be explaining a little bit more about what you're doing. Um, your particular focus, I guess, is, you know, on... Uh, particular, it's a software for prototyping, particularly in the sort of industrial print segment, isn't it? It's, it's a number of little segments that are in the sort of uh, industrial print area and you're really focused on those at the moment.
1: Well, um, you know, as you know, our core expertise since many, many years, actually decades, has been color management. And mm. uh, about 10 years ago, we entered the uh, proofing and prototyping market for packaging. Mm. And we've also started about three, four years ago, to incorporate um, a method to add finishing effects to the prints. Mm -hmm. And what we've just seen as of lately, that this technology, so not only uh, producing a prototype, which is from from the color uh, aspect, uh, 100% okay or 100% matches the press output. uh, We've also seen that this technology is valid and uh, actually sought after in other markets, like for instance, uh, industrial printing um specifically things like home decoration wallpaper structures yep. uh flooring yep. uh ceramics and uh, things like this and this is a market segment we have identified and uh, we want to enter a little bit more in the future in the in the years to come
0: sounds good oh, we'll, we'll dig a bit deeper into that um analysis in a moment i just for for the people who are listening i always like to get a bit of an introduction on the person i'm talking to so why just give me a little bit intro on you a little bit of a, a kind of explanation uh who you are how long you've been in the industry what you like doing just tell us tell us a little bit about you
1: so I started basically this industry in 1980 just by pure chance. Oh, challenge. my goodness. <laughs> long, long, long time ago. There were no Macs, no software, no nothing. Yep. And um, I basically worked for four years for a company called Kraus biergosch where I was selling step and repeat machines on an international basis. And then uh, eventually I ended up in uh, 1990 with uh, Cytex. And uh, I introduced at that time the Irish uh, the iris proofing system, which was probably the first digital proofing system which got acceptance in the market. And uh, after after seven eight years at Cytex, I went into AVT, which is uh, a defect detection system for primarily for packaging applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my my core interest always has been sort of color management proofing uh, and packaging. Um, I spent uh, also four years at another um proofing company or proofing software company and now I'm since uh, 17 years uh, 17 years with CGS oris uh, where I'm primarily focusing on packaging applications mm-hmm. following the success
0: of 2021's virtual future print leader Summit, the event is back for 2022 this time as a two-day live and virtual hybrid event taking place on the 29th and 30th of June in Geneva Switzerland, the Leaders' Summit will provide a forum for discussions among leaders, inspiring presentations, and opportunities to address the key challenges and opportunities in print, all in the stunning setting of Geneva. To register your interest in the FuturePrint Leaders' Summit, visit futureprint.tech forward slash events. So, Heiner, I'm interested to pick up on, you mentioned proofing and, and prototyping, and uh, I know that you've been working with Roland DG and more recently with MUTO. Um, Explain a little bit more about that. It's quite interesting from a design point of view. It it kind of offers an opportunity to to test things out, particularly in the labels and packaging market.
1: So basically when we started 10 years ago uh, with the the development of a system specifically focused on the requirements of packaging, uh, we of course had um, proofing only uh, in our minds. So in other words, other things, something which is really flat on the table uh, which duplicates what you would do in um, in commercial printing, mm-hmm. whereby of course the uh, requirements in packaging are much much more higher. You are faced with different print processes. You are uh, um, you have to do with different uh, kinds of substrates. Uh, so this is all much more complicated than what you would see in commercial printing. Mm-hmm. And to make uh, things worse, um, the the aspect also is that you don't really have standards, uh, industrial standards like you have in commercial printing sure. packaging. So very often the proof uh, still follows a specific press mm-hmm. and not uh, the press follows a specific standard. <laughs> yep. What we then also saw is, um, which was uh, sort of to our astonishment, that people are also using these proofs because they're doing it uh, basically on the same inkjet technology. Yep. They're also turning this into very elaborate uh, prototypes or dummies, yep. Uh, yep. packaging dummies. And uh, what you can really see is that, you know, these dummies are being used from the very early design stage mm-hmm. uh, until the very last moment that things actually go on press. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's one uh, one other aspect uh, to the whole thing. Uh, you not only have to have to do with something which is flat on the table, but which really is a realistic representation of the finished product. Yeah. So in other words, uh, there are some people in the market who are really specializing in this. One is, of course, uh, the color mention aspect to to match the press. But also then you have uh, finishing effects, or you have to, you know, you have to put the whole thing together uh, and make it look like uh, like a real uh, like a real product.
0: Mm-hmm. So just just taking us back to thinking how this can be used from a from an early design point of view. So if you are printing labels for plastic bottles, let's say water bottles, and you just want to test out the label to see what it looks like, to see how it feels, to see how it shrink wraps, you know. It, it, this, this digital way of printing using this color management enables you to just short run it, doesn't it? Uh,
1: exactly. Also, you know, you have very often you have the, the designer will create variations the same of the same, uh, of, the same uh, of the same packaging and then present this basically to the brand owner and the brand owner then decides on uh, which uh, which model to actually go for hmm. um, so this is why you have very often uh, variations of the same thing uh, being produced as a prototype yeah and it's not only for you know it's not only for the brand owner we have just mentioned uh short runs or i would probably call it ultra ultra short runs mm. <laughs> which are being used in tv spots which are being used on exhibitions yeah uh, which are actually being used uh, put onto uh, onto the shelf for uh, for for test purchasing
0: yeah yeah, understand, or you know, or promotions, short-run promotions, uh, where you might mix the messages on there, or you, you know, lots of different ways it can be used. I, I get that. And you mentioned, it, as just as you said it earlier, that Roland DG, with the kind of original um, company you're working with, you're now working with Muto on this, aren't you?
1: So it's basically uh, two systems uh, which are independent on each other. So um, Roland is very much still. Uh, for for many market segments, uh, the, uh, the the hardware of choice, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but keep in mind, you know, when you talk about uh, packaging, you know, there are some basic requirements. Uh, of course, one is color space, because uh, you are faced with uh, numerous brand or spot colors. Um, the, the the other aspect is the printer needs to print white. Both printers are printing white, and the third aspect is that um, uh, users typically want to go onto the real substrate or at least something which is close to the production substrate. Sure, sure. sure. Uh, and this is, of course, particularly true uh, when it comes to prototyping. Yep. And uh, we have identified some market segments, especially, uh, especially flexibles or trim- uh, sleeve production, um, uncoated label stock, where people don't want to use a, a sort of intermediate uh, transfer process, which we're using on the Roland, which is a little uh, membrane you are transferring onto the production substrate, but they indeed want to go onto the, uh, onto the real production substrate without any immediate steps to retain the tactile or haptic uh, properties of the, uh, uh, of the stock. When you, for instance, think about um, wine label, uh, wine label, wine papers, they're almost like art papers. Um, If you were to laminate something on, on that one, you would destroy the look and feel of the, uh, of the label. This is the reason why we actually teamed up with MUTO um, as of lately, um, we have developed with MUTO a specific uh, called resin ink, mm-hmm. uh, which is a non-toxic um, uh, pig, um, resin pigment, which is soluble um, in, a, in, a, in a, mild, uh, a mild solution, watery solution. And uh, these resin pigments adhere to almost all surfaces directly. That's interesting. So you could also print on very, very thin stock, like uh, 10 micron flexibles, this sort of thing you would never be able to do uh, with an intermediate uh, transfer film.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You started to mention um, haptics there. I know it's one of the things that uh, you're very interested in, in the color management system supports that. In fact, going, I heard you mention earlier that you worked for Skodix years ago and Skodix, they, they're one of those companies that you know talk about kind of finishing and surfaces and creating kind of haptics. So, so it's obviously in your in your DNA that you like the idea of the haptic effect. It was,
1: uh, it, was actually, <laughs> uh, it was actually it was actually phrase it was actually Cytex. not oh, Sytex.
0: Was it? Oh, sorry. Uh,
1: don't don't worry about it. I'm very very much familiar, of course, with Scodix, hmm. and um, you know this is this this proves the point. You know that uh, people not only want. Um, Want uh, a good packaging? They also want to add finishing effects of all kinds. Yeah. Uh, whether it's being embossing, partial varnish, um, what people like very much lately is uh, is matte finishings uh, or some you know sort of cold foil embellishments. And of course, if that is missing on a proof or a prototype, uh, it's only fifty percent of what the real product's going to be like. Sure. Uh, this is why we are also looking in um, in being able to add these effects. Uh, for this, we're using actually a UV technology um, which uh, is actually capable of creating uh, matte varnishes, gloss varnishes, and also can mimic uh, embossing effects by adding by several layers um, uh, of the uh, of the clear varnish onto the substrate. Excellent. And of course, uh, when you have that when you have that, uh, the uh, one of the most important things, it, uh, is that uh, the um, that the finishing effects is absolutely in register with mm-hmm. the original print, and uh, we actually have um, have created a a punching system or register system which is in between both printers to be able to exactly uh, add the finishing to the previously printed uh, proof or prototype. Mm,
0: excellent. A couple of uh, thoughts I've just had. Um, one of the themes that um, we are focusing on. In Geneva is is obviously kind of innovation and ideas that are slightly different that maybe haven't been heard before. CGS, sorry, what would you say is your your kind of true innovation for this year? What's your kind of thing that you've done that's very different that know that maybe people don't know about? What have you got deep down in there that, uh, that you can tell us about?
1: So uh, first of all, you know what we see is we're, we um, we we're, we're experiencing an enormous interest in that MUTU technology by being able to print on these original substrates. Mm -hmm. Um, One aspect, of course, is uh, sustainability. You know, a lot of packaging goes away from, you know, plastics. Uh, A lot more is being printed on paper stock, uh, which has a barrier varnish or something like this. And with the MUTU, you are being able to print on all this uh, and create meaningful prototypes. That is really, you know, one, one aspect uh, which, of course, uh, we will see a ramp up we haven't seen last year because of COVID. We would certainly see a ramp up um, with this product offering during the course of the year. And I've seen this also um, last week on the uh, Packaging Innovation Show in Birmingham. The reception mm-hmm. of the product was absolutely fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other af- aspect is, which is probably more, I won't say long term, because we are already doing doing this as we speak, Um, but we see a lot of industrial application where printing or inkjet digital printing technology is being used. Um, The the interesting aspect is that uh, companies uh, who are doing this, they don't see them perceive themselves as printers. They see themselves as producers of goods. Uh, But in, in essence, they have, especially when it comes to color, they have exactly the same Uh, problems like a normal for instance packaging printer would have
0: yeah yeah no i think you're right actually that's really interesting producer of goods rather than printers Do, do you sense that there is a change in the philosophy of the end users the buyers here i'm not talking consumers i'm talking kind of printers packaging converters do you think there's a slight change in philosophy are they starting to think differently
1: So, I I really see that, you know, if if you take the packaging industries, probably uh, you have an enormous expertise in these areas. And uh, there's a lot of very well um, technically educated people. When you look uh, at producers, for instance, of flooring or home decoration goods, um, as I said, the requirements in terms of color match or batch to batch match, for instance, is certainly as high as you would see in packaging. Uh, But the expertise expertise is simply not there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there is a definite market for products like uh, we are offering uh, color management products, uh, being able uh, to evaluate finishing effects. Uh, Finishing effects is nothing else than, for instance, uh, a laminate profile or a laminate surface, which we could mimic on an inkjet system.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, One of the other themes that uh, we're focusing on at uh, at the geneva summit is clearly there is a challenge you know we're being challenged by things like supply chain resourcing um how does your how do you manage i mean obviously you're software or it's, it's color management so it's slightly easier what do you see as the dynamic across the market at the moment in terms of um, production versus uh delivery and what people are you know sensing out there
1: of course there was also an impact on our uh, product offering because sure. we're not only uh, selling software we're also selling yeah. all the peripherals uh, yeah. in, in and in many cases we're selling the the printer hardware yeah. and of course this was impacted by the uh, uh, supply chain problematics uh, you know everyone was facing over the last sure. uh, a couple of months uh, you know if you take a, a standard Epson uh, proofing uh, proofing printer and uh, delivery times are sometimes like 3 months 4 months mm. and of course that also affects us yeah sure i think the market is radically rethinking uh what to do in the future uh, and mm. i see with a lot of our, our customers especially in the packaging field they want to get away uh, from um uh from uh, from depending on suppliers which are uh, for instance coming from asia mm. so i think you will see a lot more um in-depth production workflow uh, in Europe that people are taking more and more uh, of the, you know, of the first steps of the production chain in-house.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. And 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 I guess what you're offering is, responds quite well to that, doesn't it? Because it, it enables, you know, you to buy something like if you're buying a small MUTO Plus the color management system. You've got a small setup. It's not a big cost. It's not a massive investment, but it gives you the flexibility in house to be trying things.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is also something when you talk about, for instance, about the uh, approval chain management. Uh, mm. You know, in, in the past, people were sending one proof off, let's say, to a uh, to a brand owner, and then uh, six or seven people in the boardroom would look at it and decide. You know, that's uh, that's the final design to go for. Nowadays, everybody sits in you know distributed somewhere around the world in home offices. So to get this also under one umbrella is a, is a, is very problematic. Hmm. And of course um, this is why we're also working on um, on for instance, something like uh, uh, like like proofing, remote proofing, uh, monitor based proofing uh, just to be able uh, to get this approval chain, you know uh, hmm. come to terms with this approval chain
0: of how would that work? Would you would you have, let's say I'm in London, you're in Munich, someone else is in New York. How would you how would you do that? Would you would we each have a small printer using the same
1: system and then integrate it? So all of our software is actually web-based. Um, right, okay. so no matter where you are, as long as you are connected to the internet and maybe have a VPN connection, something like this. Brilliant you can access the software from anywhere else in the world yeah. and of course uh, you know nowadays as the printer hardware becomes very inexpensive uh, it is a very valid uh, solution to put a printer somewhere in an office uh, and being able to churn out proofs which are actually being you know started, let's say from from Europe and the printers in America yeah, um, we're also uh, very much looking into monitor-based proofing. Um, you know, which would basically take away some of the first steps uh, in the in the design phase.
0: Yeah, so uh, you continuing to think as you go. You know, kind of new innovations coming from the business because actually things are changing. Always changing, aren't they?
1: It's uh, you know, it's for us to decide. You know, which area to look into. Of course, you know, packaging will of course uh, remain one of our big focuses uh, in the future and you know this is a growing segment which becomes more and more digital you know some areas like label printing or corrugated are becoming uh, more rapid uh, rapidly um, digitized than others uh, but this is an ongoing trend and of course also the production machines uh, need to be uh, color managed uh, and sure. you know for sometimes also like you know uh, ink saving is a is a big aspect of these uh, of these things and then, of course, uh, you know, as uh, as we mentioned earlier on, we're also trying to enter new market segments which are outside our industry, which have exactly the same problems as as previously, uh, previously said, like uh, industrial printing. Yeah. And this is something which will be growing immensely, I think, in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And particularly, as you mentioned before, with haptics, with the effect you can create. So, uh, you know, it could be flooring, couldn't it? It could be ceramics. It could be any number of different, uh, different kind of materials or, or applications?
1: Uh, there's actually also new um, new data formats coming onto the market, like, for instance, Big TIF, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, is being created out of 3D scanners, which create really uh, a topographic profile of your final product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, these, for instance, Big TIF formats we can use directly or we can process directly in our application, then, for instance, send it to a UV inkjet printer, which would then in one process uh, create this um, tactic, uh, tactile or haptic proof. Yeah, yeah. And and did you
0: say to me before that it creates layering, is that right, to create the, the haptic?
1: Yes, what the, what the scanner would basically produce uh, are so-called slices. So it's basically uh, additive printing, and you add one layer to the other, and uh, you get a little bit uh, smaller on top. Yeah. Um just to create this high profile, but you you know when you look at a normal, you know, normal laminate floor, you will see the wooden structure, and this is exactly what we're creating with these slices.
0: Mm, very interesting, very interesting. And is what you're working in the US with METIS, aren't you, on that? Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: Hoina, Listen,
0: been good to have a chat with you. We're kind of coming to the end. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Obviously, we'll see you in in Geneva, as I said, and you'll be doing a short presentation there. Um, is there anything else you wanted to just add uh, uh, from the point of view of what CGS CGSORS are doing? Well,
1: well, I think you know. I think I'd, I would just like to add, you know, that we that we we'll very much like to work with you, and uh, we we think that this format you have uh, you have created with the Print Summit. Uh, is, I think, a big asset to the industry because it brings people together also, uh, as I said, from peripheral industries like industrial printing. So we're very much looking forward uh, to meet all delegates in Geneva and do a presentation there.
0: Brilliant, yeah, and we look forward to that. And as I said, we've covered it, even today, we've covered a few of the topics that will be discussed. uh, And uh, uh, we look forward to seeing you there in a couple of weeks, Heiner.
1: Very much so. Thank you very much for now, Fraser. Thank you very much to you.
0: This episode was brought to you by Farnell, your global distributor of electronic components, products, and solutions. Visit farnell.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up and visit futureprint.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research,
1: and to catch up on content from Futureprint events. We'll see you next time on the Futureprint Podcast.